Hello and welcome to the Research Connection Podcast, the show that brings current expertise and cutting-edge research and connects it with users in the community. Welcome to the Research Connection Podcast. I would like to start out uh, with a land acknowledgement. Brandon University is located on the traditional homelands of the Dakota, the Anishinaabek, Cree, Oji Cree, Dene, and Metis people. Brandon University campuses are located on both Treaty 1 and Treaty 2 lands. We at Brandon University acknowledge and respect the history, land, and people of this area and the treaties that were made on these lands. My name is Madeline Kruth. And I've been working as a research assistant with the Center for Critical Studies in Rural Mental Health. And we've been looking at the mental health of newcomers in the Brandon area. Um, with me today is Enver Naidu. Um, Enver, would you like to introduce yourself? Thanks, Madeline. Uh, my name is Enver Naidu. I lead a new program here in Brandon called the Brandon Local Immigration Partnership. It's funded through IRCC and hosted by BNRC to support the settlement and integration of newcomers and immigrants in Brandon. Excellent, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. So to contextualize a little bit for our listeners, we did in partnership with Westman Immigration, a study that looked at the mental health experiences of newcomer men to the Brandon area and spoke to them about barriers to mental health as well as things that would aid in supporting them to achieve mental health. So Enver, I was wondering if I could start off by asking you, when you hear the words mental health, what do you think of? It's a, it's a great question, Madeline. You know, I think that Obviously, there's many ways to, to answer that question. Broadly, it's just the ability to cope, to cope with day-to-day living, and that can change. Ultimately, an opportunity to uh, cope at a high level uh, and uh, is, is maybe the goal. What that looks like and how we get there, well, that's the challenge sometimes. Yeah, it was very interesting working with the data that we had gotten from our newcomer men who have participated in this project because a lot of our participants conceptualized his mental health as being more stressors or challenges that they were experiencing in day-to-day life rather than a way of being. And I was wondering if you might comment on that at all. You know, it reminds me of a conversation I had with, with my mom once and trying to introduce the idea of exercise to her. And, uh, and her response <laughs> was, well, her response was, well, you know, I, I work for a living. Why should I exercise, you know? And I, I think depending on where our immigrant and newcomer members are coming from, the idea of mental health may not necessarily be something that is mainstream. So with that in mind, it may only be that we think of mental health when there's a crisis versus thinking of mental health as just part of our day-to-day living. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's, you know, that's an opportunity that we could, we could explore. Mm-hmm. Going off of that, what are some of the challenges to attaining mental health or mental wellness for newcomer men here in Brandon? You know, building on, on sort of what, what I touched on, some of the challenges is just that the idea of mental health as, as something that could be practiced and explored and spoken about, it may be foreign to, to some newcomers. And maybe there's an opportunity where we could unpack that and simplify discussions of mental health. It doesn't have to be a taboo around it and making it a little bit more accessible where immigrants and newcomers could, could talk about 
or at least understand why mental health is important and that they don't necessarily have to wait for a crisis to happen to seek support in in relationship to mental health. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a, a taboo around speaking about mental health. Um, how do you think we as a community can best support the breaking down of that taboo? Well, you know, the, the reason I, I think I touched on it as, as possibly a taboo is that there's there's so many factors when it comes to to breaking that down because for some uh, newcomers and immigrants, you know, their perception around masculine masculinity and femininity and and th- those types of ways they identify themselves doesn't always allow the room to have conversations where they could express their vulnerability. Um, if we if we expand that in a community context, there may be some. Uh, assumptions that that immigrants and newcomers have that may not necessarily be based on on what exists here in Brandon. Um, so, for example, uh, just the ability of asking for help that may not necessarily exist in some communities you know, outside of Canada. And perhaps as a community, we can we can showcase some of the success stories of when uh, individuals, newcomers, immigrants, or locals that expression of vulnerability uh, is met with uh, an, a community response of kindness. Um, and through that, you know, that might uh, allow immigrants and newcomers more examples of how that vulnerability could actually be a strength instead of a weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that kind of segues into my next question, uh, which is, are there concrete ways in which our community can contribute to positive mental health for newcomers in the future? You know, such a good question, <laughs> such a good question. And I, I certainly, you know, I, I don't want to imply that this is the only way, but I think something that is, is always going to be a challenge is, is putting ourselves in the shoes of someone else who we don't understand. Mm-hmm. And um, immigrants, newcomers, they've, they've lived a life. They've had some successes. They've, you know, many of them come with, with uh, prior occupational experience and, um, and academic credentials, but when they arrive in uh, Canada and particularly in Brandon, it's often that those credentials are not recognized, um, their prior experience is not recognized, and in, in many cases they're starting over. Um, and so when they explore um, conversations, you know, around things like employment, do do the recruiters take the time to ensure that um, that that immigrant or newcomer applicant actually understands the process, or maybe even maybe even understands why they weren't hired, because it can be quite frustrating to uh, have lived that, that previous experience with, you know, in some cases, maybe managing a team and you arrive in Canada and, and that experience isn't valued. Um, and then what impact does that have on the mental health of that individual? Mm-hmm. I, I, don't know if, I don't know if that's concrete enough, but you know, there's many, many ways we could build on that. Yeah. Absolutely. That narrative that you were just talking about, about how newcomers often arrive and and their credentials aren't recognized, is something that came up quite frequently when in our conversations with newcomer men in the region, in that, you know, the biggest frustration was just finding gainful and meaningful employment that they could do that so they could support their families, but also that recognized all their previous learning. And that that was such a roadblock that a lot of 
a lot of newcomers spoke about and having immense frustrations with that. So I was wondering if you have personal experiences with that. I know both as a service provider, but you yourself are also a newcomer to Brandon or, or were a newcomer to Brandon in the past. Yeah, no, that uh, that is very true. You know, I, I've, uh, I've I've been fortunate to to move to Brandon and, and it's a beautiful community. And certainly there's there's a lot of great initiatives here to support immigrants and newcomers. I think for me and and you know, not wanting to speak for for all immigrants or all newcomers, there's there's the possibility that we sometimes put people in a box and we expect them to fit in that box. And while you know that there may be rationale and and reasoning for that, but immigrants and newcomers don't necessarily fit in those pre-described boxes. In some cases, they may not even know what those boxes look like, and that could create frustration and create challenges. And uh, I, you know, I've I've experienced some of that myself. And there's other factors as well. I mean, imagine if you arrived in Brandon and you and you you know there was some you weren't proficient in one of the two official languages your ability to communicate your frustration then becomes even more problematic and your ability to find help becomes even more problematic. So I think there's a lot of work uh, that can be done in, in supporting immigrants and newcomers when it comes to mental health. And some of that work may have to happen by the individual and the family unit themselves. But there's a lot that we can do as a community to build those supports in uh, just by understanding and trying to understand first the differences so that we can develop a more tailored curated approach uh, versus thinking that everybody's the same because we don't all fit in those boxes. Mm-hmm. And to speak to, you know, kind of individual experiences a little bit, we are sort of in unprecedented times in that we are in the midst of a global pandemic and we're witnessing huge amounts of shutdowns and reductions in employment and other programming that are programming that's being offered to newcomers. From your perspective and your experiences, how has that impacted newcomer men and their ability to maintain and achieve mental health? You know, again, really good question. And I think that some cultures and some it really promotes the idea of social cohesiveness and, and that social component is really important for not just immigrants and newcomers, but many individuals. And with COVID, you know, we've seen that, that that's certainly having an effect. And you know, I think of a broad demographic of, of immigrant newcomers from immigrant men to immigrant seniors to, to youth, immigrants and locals. And I think that as COVID continues you know, to have an impact on separating that social connection, there's something that, that we could start exploring maybe in terms of you know, virtual programs or more virtual engagement within the community in different languages to try and keep people connected. And then another question that I had about our current times um, is that we also seem to be in an era of high polarization and people are very aware of each other's differences. So I was wondering if you had any thoughts on how we as Brandonites or we as a community can can help contribute to minimizing that polarization to, to help support newcomer men in their experiences in transitioning to life in Brandon? I'm not sure if that's a very clear question or not. I went a bit off script there. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when things go a little off script sometimes. So let me see if I can unpack that a bit. I think, you know, I I think that if we can create safe environments where we take the time to build trust, we can discuss those differences. 
um, sometimes when we, you know, when we hyper aware of, of, of things, but we don't have an opportunity to actually understand it or question it or talk about it, um, it can lead to a breakdown. And, and if we can create an environment where there is that, that, that trust that we, that we build and, and cultivate and, and nurture, and, and through that trust, we able to have more conversations like, like the one we're having today, I think that could really go a long way to understanding those differences. Thank you. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about the services that LIP does or the role that LIP plays in Brandon? Absolutely. So the Local Immigration Partnership Program, again, funded through IRCC and hosted by BNRC here in Brandon, um, our goal is the long-term integration and settlement of immigrants and newcomers. And to develop that type of strategy and, and implement it is really all about partnership. It's a broad multi-sector, multi-stakeholder partnerships that is going to help facilitate that uh, ultimately, you know, I, I think there's going to be four, four major winners in, in, in that success of that program. Certainly immigrants and newcomers would be one of them. Locals as well. I think there's an opportunity for locals to find out more about the, the great work that's happening in the community. The city of Brandon uh, would, would benefit as well. We would have more participation, more involvement from immigrants and newcomers. Um, and then I think that the stakeholders and, and the partners that are all coming together to support this program is going to benefit as well. Uh, so certainly through this, we will all win. And uh, you know, like I said, the, the goal is, is really about that developing and implementing a strategy to support the integration and settlement of, of newcomers. Uh, no community is the same. So what that strategy looks like uh, is really uh, grassroots from, uh, from the ground up. and and a fairly organic process. So um, lots of great conversations are happening and lots of great work is gonna come, come out of this. Amazing. It sounds like you're doing some phenomenal work and have some really wonderful initiatives going there. It, it definitely, you know, de there's, it definitely touches on many, many, many touch points from, from supporting and trying to improve uh, partnerships to, to help with, with the mental health of immigrants and newcomers. There's, you know, economic impact in terms of trying to support employment outcomes for immigrants and, and, uh, and newcomers. Um, you know, even thinking about barriers to education and the idea of credentialism that, uh, that you touched on earlier. Um, there's opportunities to have discussion and explore solutions around that. So, I mean, th those are just some, some unique opportunities, but there's going to be many more that, that will come out of this program. And, and ultimately, uh, you know, it's going to be immigrants and newcomers that, that will have a voice in this as well. Um, as they'll be able to, to bring that lived experience, which will be quite unique for everyone. And we'll try and incorporate that as well in, in finding these solutions. Thank you. Um, so those are all of my questions today. I don't want to keep you too, too long. <laughs> That's okay. You know, I, I really appreciate your time and let me be a part of this project. You know, it's, it's these great conversations and that moves, moves us forward as a community and as individuals. So thank you for taking the time to speak with me today as well. Oh, thank you so much. You know, Brandon is located on traditional homelands of the Dakota, Anishinaabek, Cree, Oji Cree, Dene, and Mete people, but it is also home to so many people who have arrived from other places, be it more than 100 years ago or only very, very recently. And I think that our continued efforts to understand and support newcomers' experiences is just it's so important. Absolutely. I think, you know, just it's particularly timely having these types of conversations with the government's announcement 
recently to to grow immigration over the next three years. And so more of these conversations, I'm sure, are going to happen, uh, you know, focusing on other other components of, of that immigrant and newcomer experience. So I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll connect again at, at some point in the near future. <laughs> Wonderful. I look forward to it. Thank you for listening to the Research Connection podcast. You can visit our website for links to everything that was mentioned in the episode and for more Research Connection content at www.brandonu.ca bu-cares. Be sure to rate and subscribe so you can stay up to date with current research that impacts your community. Thank you.